Asanda Beda on SAFM. All right, and uh, 23 minutes uh, past uh, five is our time. Uh, good morning if you've just joined us. Let's talk about the book Beyond the Blue, Women of the Sea. Not everything at the seaside is about snook, crayfish, perle moon, poaching, and uh, bokum butter. The women living in South Africa's coastal towns can attest to that. A new book, Beyond the Blue, Women of the Sea, documents the lives and livelihoods of 17 women who give a snapshot into the world of fishing rights, complexities, entrepreneurship, motherhood, and making a living from the sea. The book's focus is to record the women's progress and tell their life stories in a way that will honor them and give them a place in history. The book is produced for the University of the Western Capes Institute for Poverty, Land and Agrarian Studies and Mikateko Media. PLAS, PLAS is an independent policy research institute within the University of the Western Capes Faculty of Economic and Management Sciences. Joining us to tell us more then is Professor Muni Ba Isaacs, who is professor at the University of the Western Cape. That's at the Institute for Poverty, Land and Agrarian Studies, or PLAS. Professor, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you? Good morning. Um, yes, I'm doing very well. And thank you for the opportunity to speak to you about the book. Our pleasure. Let's understand what the book is about, first uh, of all, a, a bit of background. Yes, we, we, we wrote the book basically to kind of highlight the um, often overlooked and invisibility of women uh, living in um, coastal communities, but also um, are involved directly and indirectly in, in fishing. And um, this year was the International Year, uh, the UN International Year of Artisanal Fishes and um, and Aquaculture. And we, we wanted to kind of deliver a book in this year that honored the women, their work, and often their um, huge social reproductive role that they play in the community that is often invisible. Uh, so that's that's more or less why we we wrote this this book. So what are the some of st- or just to give, give us a picture then on in terms of what the women are saying in terms of their stories in the book? As as um, I think for me, women you know across uh, have a lot of a lot of struggles that they face on a daily basis. So we um, interviewed, as you mentioned in your introduction, 17 women, and they mainly situated in the um, southern Cape of uh, Western Province and also in, in the, on the west coast up to the up to the northern Cape. And these stories are mainly about their struggles, their daily struggles. Number one, in their relationship with their children. Um, and also the the role in fishing, uh, what role they played, what what role they used to play, um, how they access uh, fishing rights, and uh, some of them lost fishing rights. But also uh, a remarkable story of of fishing activism. Women play a key role in challenging um, legislation that, that do not allocate 
not only to women, but also to small-scale fisheries in South Africa. And that, that, that went back in, um, in 2003 with a challenge through the Equality Court case of uh, the rights of um, small-scale fisheries, which led to a policy. And the women in this book were also involved in writing this policy, but also involved in um, looking at uh, contributing to policy internationally. And currently, um, some of them, a young woman and two others, are also protesting against the oil and gas exploration on the on the West Coast. Mm. So, so stories of struggle, stories of uh, protests, remarkable stories of resilience, and also stories of um, gender-based violence that, that they experience. So, so you get the insight of um, the, the lives and their struggles, but also the resilience. What contributes to that loss of fishing rights they mention as one of the challenges and struggles they come to? Um, mainly, you know, South Africa's fishing structure is um, is mainly um, through allocating it. Um, you have to prove your um, relationship and you also have to prove that you can actively go out to fish. Right. Two women um, are are active fishing fishes, but uh, because of because of the one woman, her name is Fatima Popiko, mm-hmm. she missed a deadline and um, she was not part of the, the last allocation of, of fishing rights because because of the deadline she missed. And you and I know how many deadlines we've missed, and we could negotiate that deadline again. And, and we can submit later. But this is often not the case for, um, for, for, for poor, uh, vulnerable uh, women. The other woman um, is Shannon Daniels. She is an active fisher. She goes out every day. She even has boats. Mm. But she didn't catch as much as the main court, and that's why she lost her, her right uh, to fish, so she is now going every day and see who can come on her boat who has rights, or she goes and see if she can go on other boats to to fish. So it's not about women who are not actively fishing; it's women who are actively fishing who are missing out. And and this is also a key part of the book that we 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 also highlight that that women. Women are fishing, but they they are not recognized um, by a policy and and often overlooked. How did you choose the women, specifically the 17 women? I know you mentioned the provinces of Western Cape, Northern Cape, Southern Cape, as well as where they were situated. But there must have been something for you as well in terms of choosing these specific women. I come from the fishing community. and uh, I've been working in uh, researching in these communities for over 25 years. So I have relationships with some of the women for over over 20 years. And I was specifically looking for not not only women who are fishing, but women who have a relationship with with the ocean. Mm. And 
and two of the women are over 80. And you can, uh, and the reason I chose them, is we chose them is because they have um, a story to tell as to what role women used to play. Yeah. And what supportive role women used to play. And a very interesting stories also about how, how people along the coast not only lived from the sea but also from the land. How they used to make soap from a particular species of plant, uh, what they used to eat. You know, on the land and combine that um, uh, with with the fish that they caught and the specific preservation methods that they use to dry fish, to pickle fish, pickle for the no refrigeration and the the experiences now a little bit with load shedding. What are the challenges we have with no refrigeration? And it's also about you know choosing them in terms of the story and uh, that they have to tell about the story, but also um, some of them have deep um, self-confidence issues. And mm-hmm. No matter how many how much money you throw at women, if you are not taking them through a journey from from vulnerability to viability or to some self-doubt to self-confidence, they are not able to solve, they are not able to be those entrepreneurs, you know, they are two, three very good entrepreneurs, but that is also because they have personality and who they are. So, so these have a typical characteristics of, of entrepreneurship in some of them that go you know, against the challenges, and then there are some that are just held back by by their own self-confidence, but this is also about a lot of trauma that they're going through in their lives. Of course, it's quite important to tell these stories as we're hearing you. Uh, we can see that. But what are you hoping the book will achieve and what you hope those who read the book will get out of it? Uh, part of that list, as you've mentioned, that policy contribution of fishing on fishing rights. Uh, tell us more then in terms of that, what you're hoping. Number one, I would I would like to to make women more visible, and I would like to um, to have policy making their role um, and rehabilitate the role they used to play in in fishing. Today, we want fish on our table um, as fresh as possible. That means that that ice goes goes to see what um, what the fish is, and when the fish land, there's no woman to clean it. So how we eat uh, is is important, and we need to be conscious of who loses the jobs um, in the way we eat and the patterns we eat. It is also that that women are also facing um, the issues and the challenges of the big blue economy, and and that means our oil and gas extraction. If we have seismic surveys and these um, missiles are sent around the west coast and and they will they will influence the patterns of, of the fish people consume and especially small scale scale fishes um, along the coast. So we want to go beyond we call it beyond the blue because we want to go beyond the district. We want to go into looking at um, investing in women and investing in in rehabilitating communities, in creating jobs, and and also to showcase that women can can do it and and it is possible. 
A great project there. And how do we get a copy of the book? Is it available? The Mechatico platform is selling the book um, um, and and you, you can get it available at um, 350 then. And it is, it is uh, it's really 17 in-depth stories of of the women activism, resilience, and also challenges with the face. Do, uh, do you know the website for Mikateko? Sorry? The uh, website? The, the website for Mikateko. Um, now you're asking me, um, let me just check if I, I have it. It is on the, on the brief right? Um, I'm sorry, I don't have. But okay, so we can search it then. We would be able to Google, and you can get um, uh, the, the um, website. website. And maybe also it will link us to social media handles. So it's Mika Teko Media. Thank you so much for your time, Professor. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Professor Muniba Isaacs is professor at the University of the Western Cape at the Institute for Poverty, Land and Agrarian Studies, or PLAAS, and uh, having done research there, and uh, which resulted in a book titled Beyond the Blue, Women of the Sea.